Bonjour, buen après-midi, eh, buenas tardes para los que vienen de cerca. Well, we're going to be having a bit of a different session, um, but before everything, I feel that we are in like in a bit of a closed environment, in a tough time of the day. Do you mind that I ask everybody to stand up for 20 seconds and I'll tell you what is it about? I'm going to ask three questions and we're going to get an immediate poll from the audience as to what we are dealing with in the interest of sharing and learning from this conference. I want to know those of you who mostly focus on business to consumer, business to enterprise, and both. Okay? So for those that are crafting, designing, and commercializing products geared only for consumers, no business enterprise at all, go ahead and sit down. Okay, there's about 15, 20% maybe of us. For those of you that are looking for products that deal with both consumers and enterprises, in a general term, they are being purchased by enterprises as well as being purchased by consumers. The next way is to sit down. For those of you that are remaining standing, you're clearly dealing with the enterprises. Welcome. Thank you. Let's get started on this. So that's, that's the point of this session is about how different is this process of selling to the enterprise. I mean, here we are creating products, having the craftsmanship, having the ingenuity, as the, this awesome case this morning, creating it from the chips, testing the buttons, doing everything. But in the end, when we are in that case of the buyer being the user, being the consumer, being all in the same hat, you know, it's tough, but you can't figure it out. You can do tests, you can get a lot of feedback, and it's more certain that you'll reach the target. When you have to deal with enterprise sales, you have a lot of hats. And so I'm gonna ask you for a second to jump out of these outstanding frameworks that we've had the pleasure to, to, to be receiving this morning and, and in the workshops yesterday. And I'm not gonna be talking on the product design per se, on the users, but I'm actually gonna be talking the step next to it when you need to have success, which is to win if you are also sell it to the enterprise. So, what is the secret? What is different? How does it cause an impact on designers, on engineers, on marketeers? Uh, because if you don't succeed on this, guess what? You have an awesome product, but the company closes because there's not enough recurring revenue. Yeah, and you had a perfect session at the beginning with people, planet, and profit, but if that last last, last word of profit doesn't work, we have a problem for everybody. So that's the, the idea we'll try to answer here. And uh, anybody here can recall the famous formula from, I'm gonna bring a little engineering geeky stuff for here. Famous formula from Einstein, for the energy equals MC squared. So what does that, what does that formula mean? Nothing. I'll explain to you in a bit. And why I'll explain that it means something, but not something you're supposed to know yet. So the reason why I'm in front of you here sharing this is because I believe you're interested in getting to hear other experiences, specific cases. And I think we have a bit to contribute to, to this. I mean, uh, I forgot to ask, but uh, how many people 
are not familiar with OLT systems. So not everybody's familiar with OLT systems? Wow. I'm impressed. Okay, so good. We have a couple of natural hands. Thank you. Yeah, don't feel don't feel intimidated. Um, the the point is, I mean, that's all we do and all I've been doing in my life is professionally has been dealing with sales to the enterprise where you try to make people more productive, more efficient, um, and more successful in creating solutions for their customers, right? So what what gets me excited up in the morning to do something is, I know that if I do an improvement on this type of product we are doing, it will make a difference in somebody else that is creating a, a solution for their customers. And that's the, the big difference here is, when you're doing it for the enterprise, you'll, you'll, meet, you'll face many different profiles. So let's tell a story about this. Uh, I just wanted to make it a bit fun for the start, and here is, the yellow rocket story that I have to tell you. This thing, anybody seen one of these yet? No? Well, you couldn't, because this is just being created at the time, give me a second, at the time where we have the internet under threat. Excuse me. We have uh, hackers, we have companies getting ransom for data. We have all sorts of security attacks, and it's getting really complicated. That's the basis of our story. It's almost like the Mad Max period of internet. And you need to figure out other solutions for sharing data, especially in product teams. Imagine you're coming up with an alternative competitor to the next smartphone, and you're sharing data in a network that gets attacked, and your product gets out the door before everybody else in China just because the blueprints were copied. So we had a story of a team dedicated to figure out a completely new way of sharing the data in a secure way and fast between different people collaborating separately. And here is the team. Some of the faces are known here. This is the rocket team creating the way to put data securely, quickly from point A to point B anywhere. And what are they doing? They're creating this yellow rocket. What is this yellow rocket? Something that is almost like one of those missiles we were talking about on the war, but it works in a business environment. It flies. It's actually delivering tons of teradata inside the, the ship that you have in here. It's by nuclear fission, so it's incredibly efficient from an energy point of view. It flies around the Earth, it's not a problem. That's why this is a story. It uses beacons, so it can go indoor, deliver directly to the person you wanted to send, and Last but not least, it only unlocks its content that is magically stored inside if I have the right fingerprint, right? Perfect product. Anybody wants one of these? Nobody. Ah, okay, went there. Well, what, what's the story behind it is they started testing it indoor, outdoors. They managed to, to survive the most challenging regulation from the Federal Communications Commission at what speed you had to fly. They did the most difficult tests you could think, dealing with the, the, the users, these product designers, the product managers, and the creators, and they verified. They went back, they iterated, they followed all the good rules we've been seeing here, right? They knew the personas, these creative people that are the, the, the real ultimate users of the yellow rocket to send the data securely. All of this is validated, but it's not working. 
it's not selling. Now what? I mean, what's what's the issue? Why isn't this thing? I mean, the users are happy. That's not the problem. The product works. The product works, right? That's not what everybody says. Well, it works in the showroom. It works with the early adopters. People that played with it gave us good feedback. They are using it. The guys we ship the, the samples, they're totally happy. And they were the users who did the product for them. What's wrong? Well, this is wrong. The sales, it's like six months in and it's not selling. And you can't figure out what's wrong if everything is right from the design point of view, from the user experience point of view, what the heck is wrong? Well, they needed to go back and uh, bring up some experience on the enterprise side, and some white hair uh, on understanding the enterprise. Otherwise, they're dead, right? And they don't want to close a, such an awesome project because of not figuring out the, the, the final business solution. So they bring the magic of Mr. Enterprise Journey Sales, and the guy who is the fixer that, that knows what needs to be done to have success in this environment, right? So John is the Mr. Magic, and he says, you know, you haven't figured it out. You need to find out who is the buyer and the real critical decision maker in here, figure out their worries, and understand them in depth, really solving the challenges that they have. How do we do that? I mean, how, well, I'll just show you. This is how we do it in the second time around in this story, right? Is you interview these non-users, right? These are not users. We are talking about now the people that have to review it like legally. How is this thing gonna work financially? Technically in terms of support. So there's a network of dependencies. How is the legal person gonna comment if the technical IT side has issues with it? You have to understand that network of what are the roles, why are they worried. So here they go, they put it in practice, and they go talk to Rick Itech. He's of course an IT and help desk. He's trying to support the end users, and uh, he has questions like, is this gonna be compatible with every device? Is this, uh, uh, is this is, how am I gonna support this when I have the end user calling me for the help desk with a particular problem that it got broken? Uh, I don't have the tools, I don't know yet. This is a completely new thing. So I need answers to all of these things before I can give the green light from the technical department to the company approving the purchase, right? Well, quite clear what the problems are. Let's address those. They go and talk to Diane Law. And she is, as you can guess, in the legal department. And she's there advising and managing the risk. And her questions are tough as well. I mean. How, how is this compliant with, the reg with her, their regulation in this case? Uh, how can they log in, log out the people that send the data securely to whom and whether it's getting out of the enterprise? And she's got a ton of questions like this. And she was not a user. But if she doesn't give an approval on this process, it's going to be tough. And they're going to talk to Mary Dollars. Mary Dollars, she's in the finance. And she wants to know, should I buy this solution or should we rent it? How much is going to cost? If we have a thousand users instead of 100, how much are the costs going to explode? 
And those are types of those are the types of questions that they realized they were not addressing with the product, with the user experience design, with everything else they were doing, even when they had the non-user personas. But the detail of responding to these objections, especially when you have a new product that is a new category, that makes a big difference. And so what they had to do is let's go back to the drawing board, let's figure out what are we missing, and let's get this back to the product as a whole product picture is what do we need to get the good, the green light and the approval on these enterprises. They truly understood what were the issues with this particular non-users, right, the buyers, and they figured out what we need is to answer legal in their terms, in their terminology, you need to prove security, not just talk about it, it's not slideware, you actually have to do tests. And, of course, they had to check the financials and show it uh, by, by real data that it worked the way they needed to do. And that's the way to address it on, on the enterprise where you have the multiple hats. And if it works, you're off for a great start and the yellow rocket will be a success. So that was the little story that now turns into a real life example with you guys. Oops, this one should have an animation, but how many of you use Dropbox personally and in enterprise, but the Dropbox account? Almost everybody. How many use Dropbox for business as an enterprise subscription from the company? Why is that? Five people. Six. It's the same product, guys. It says it's got even more features. Right? It's got control of who gets access to the information, who's sharing the information, who's not. But that's the challenge. Is totally different selling for the enterprise. And it's exactly because of the reasons we were seeing. So let's let's analyze a bit deeper what this means, right? It's, it's a totally different uh, process. And that's the explanation of the tough equation. The enterprise consumer jour customer journey, in the sense of from prospect to customer, of course, it's way more challenging than just a bunch of customer journeys, right? It's not a consumer customer journey times five or times six. No, it's about the different profiles, the different missions they have. What is their angle? What is their problem? How am I going to respond positively to what they, they needed to approve my product? So I, I tried to summarize what we learned from experience in doing uh, this type of approach. We are systematic uh, in, in the enterprise software business to understand this. And let me give you the, the five tips. The I use them, I use them, you'll see what it means, the I use them rules for having success in the enterprise uh, space. Number one, identify the buy, the buyers or the buy uh, decision makers. It's not as easy as it seems sometimes. You, you would, I mean, my example, of course, with the story, it's kind of straightforward, right? Legal, financial, it's clear. But you know what happens to us, for example, I need to give you real examples here. We go into an IT selling business uh, of a software development platform, right? That's, that's what we are busy with. We know at the beginning, we deal with the CIO, of course. Uh, we'll be dealing with the IT manager. But of course, you have to deal also with the developer. And there's a team lead. And then the database analyst gets engaged. And it's got a different profile. And then there's a security expert that is in between IT and engineering. And they get involved as well, because they want to know what type of security you have in the code. And it's not 
easy sometimes to figure out in an account how are they organized? Are they a 50 people organization or 5,000? Because the granularity of the roles, the hats that they wear, totally different. Are they merging the product manager and product owner, as Gabriel asked this morning? I mean, to understand who are these influencers that may completely block the sale, it takes, takes a little time. Um, you have to talk to them in the process or you have to identify similar companies. Um, but it's, it's the number one point is nailing down those, you do the first sale, the second sale, the third one, and you start understanding where the problems are coming from for some reason, right? And there's more to that, which is, it's not just their approach, it's their interdependencies. Because legal is gonna ask IT, are you okay with that? Do you approve that, that yellow rocket thing? I don't know, well, uh, then I don't, I don't either. I'm managing risk, I don't touch it. It's a network effect, right? So identify step number one. It's really very critical. Step number two, where are they coming from? What do you mean? That's too good to be true. I, I, I think you guys are telling me a story, but I have my questions, uh, my doubts around it. It, it doesn't sound too good. So if I'm coming from uh, that example of the database analyst, okay, and uh, we are now having, for example, new offerings in the marketplace for database as a service. Um, anybody already using a database as a service uh, in their companies? A few, interesting. So we just had announcements. Of course, Amazon had been supporting it. Uh, IBM announced it. Uh, VMware is yet to do it, uh, and so on. And we are in a scenario where they'll come up and say, "I don't, I don't know that I can trust this to be secure." For example, in all of these cloud discussions, I was living in Germany just until uh, two, two years ago, and clearly the German startups in the cloud space were taking advantage of a traditional difference between Europe and, and the United States, which is this uh, sharing of data and privacy has got different concerns, and they would demand to have a location of the data, the governance of the data, to be inside Germany, even though, from a legal point of view, it would be enough to be inside Europe somewhere, right? From a legal point of view of the European Union, that's fine. But German business, that's the way they would do it. So Amazon, for example, ended up extending the Dublin data center to have another one close to Frankfurt and to make sure that this was addressed because of these concerns. People on the buyer side, not the users, but on the buyer's approval cycle would say, eh, if I don't have, if I don't know that the data privacy protection is according to the rules that we have in Germany, and I can go to court suing a company if they breach the data privacy, uh, I'm not sure I can do this thing on the Amazon web services. So it's, it's really critical to, to understand where they're coming from, what is their mission, their role, and which angle they're gonna come and ask the questions to us. Um, that's number two. Number three is be specific. This is where we get killed in general as, as businesses. Be specific. We cannot talk generalities and the salesperson just give flaky argumentations. Well, you know, that stuff is safe. It's, it's, it's encrypted. It's, uh, it's with the fingerprint and so on. Well, um, we need to be very specific to their particular needs and, and nail them down. You, you have that process just like you do with the user journey, right? We understand what are the use cases? What, how do you need it? When do you need it? In which context? Do you need it differently? Well, the same thing applies here. If they are not a, a user 
again, they were not part of our drawing process, but they really have serious issues and if they are not specific to nail them, we're going to be uh, flaky again on, on the solidity of the answer. Um, and this, this is especially different when some of you are creating new products because it's a new category. I mean, look at the examples we heard yesterday also. 3D printers and copyright. Um, there are still discussions going on. I, I know that there are the answers. The question is, are you getting the answer to the right person at the right time? This is the challenge we, we need to address. And so if you get the specifics, then you can give the silver bullet for each one of them. You're giving the advice they need, where they need it. And by the way, more and more, if somebody thinks that I'm talking here about sales process and salespeople, I'm sorry, you're wrong. I'm not. This today happens to us in enterprise software taking place in self-learning mode by buyers. It's about them consulting websites, blogs, watching videos from us, from the competition, and everybody comes already half halfway educated about the product. They have the advanced questions, not the basic questions. So the, the way you make the interesting content be delivered to these decision makers, it's going to be different. And by the way, it needs to scale up. It's not going to be a solution also for a startup to send the salespeople flying from here to Finland to address the buyers. Of course not. So the things, would, for example, uh, a modern trend that is happening in here, I would recommend in a startup, is that you create a buyer's digital room where you're trying to do the collaboration you're facilitating the collaboration between your user, that is evaluating your product, and the non-users, where they have the questions, the Q&A, they may do the chat, and where you can support this process with knowledge base or uh, chat sessions from people that respond on the fly, but you make a buyer's digital room where they are sharing the experience and making the questions, and you're facilitating it, of course. You, you're trying to learn something out of it. And that's scalable, right? Because if I'm doing it digitally, I can open more of these digital rooms. If I'm doing it just to the salesperson, it's going to be limiting. So you have to come up with new ideas of how to get to those brains. You need to answer those specific questions and give them the advice. It's, it's actually working. It's really positive. So multiple new ways of addressing this. And finally, you need to measure it and understand it. I mean, this is the type of challenge we, we pick for ourselves and why we, we know a bit about this is, we know when the process starts and there's a sales uh, executive and a sales engineer, for example, in a demo. Initially, maybe we only had the IT manager and two developers. But that was the first meeting. And then we have a second meeting, and then on the third meeting there's again the IT manager, but then we start engaging a software architect. And then there's the database, the database analyst. And then in the third meeting, there's the system engineer. And these are not necessarily meetings from us. So when you're seeing meetings, sorry, I don't mean the blue ones are just on the customer side of the enterprise. This is not with an engagement from the vendor, but it's taking place. They are asking the questions and they have more profiles evaluating the product. And you need to get an understanding for what is blocking your product success at those enterprises. And that's why you can gain by knowledge bases or digital buyer journeys. It's about trying to measure and understand where is it getting blocked. Because by the way, 
I'm not interested in selling one of these to Microsoft. I'm interested in selling 1,000 or 10,000, right? So it's going to be an enterprise sale. And, and, and understanding in detail, learning and adapting quickly because if I figured out that it was the legal issue that it was blocking, let's get those contents out the door, make it as video, make it as viral as possible. And by doing this, you learn, you improve, you fix it. It's the same as the user journey, except these are non-users, and they are the ones approving your sale. So, I, you, some, that was the mnemonic to remember, is just that you are to identify, to understand, to specify their concerns, to advise in their terms, again, in their terms, if you're legal, you need a legal answer, and to measure so that you adjust just like Jonathan has said this morning, you don't pivot, you adjust, you adjust quickly. And that said, I think it would be interesting to share with you uh, one or two examples of this type of uh, approach for enterprise success. So for example, um, regarding car fleets, right? It's a typical thing that large enterprises will use a perk as we do in Portugal for uh, using leasing or cars that are rented for, for the collaborators, for the employees. And you'd think that that would be all about the cars, right? It was about the person that wanted that car, the BMW Series 5 or whatnot. And it's not. These are like some of the biggest um, solution providers of car fleet management in the, in the US. You don't even see a touch of a car in here. Why? Because what they are selling to their client, an enterprise of course, they are selling the fleet management of you know, 5,000 cars this year, is about reliability or resale value or cost or even image requirements. Image requirements when they are renting BMWs instead of Chevrolets, well, that's the attributes. It's not the user that is making that decision making, that, that decision of purchasing. It's the other guys. And so you have to have a clear understanding as to how you're addressing their, their requirements. Um, another interesting example for, uh, for those of you dealing with, with the products is uh, MyTouch is in the business of doing like a knowledge-based, cloud-based solution, uh, which helps people to generate contents to address those questions and provide them to, the, to your uh, users and non-users on the, on the cloud. And this is a powerful way to start engaging always from the beginning when you're getting evaluated on the product, you already have articles. The first time you get the question, you put it out and you share it. And this becomes a real strong way to answer all the people in the buyer's journey. And um, we'd like to be open to uh, share some of our experience. We have really a lot of that analysis and, and tell you that uh, some of these experiences can be shared that we hope to contribute in Portugal and outside as one of the companies advancing the maturity of product selling to enterprises, uh, especially going global. So count on us to be part of that story and, and to reach us out. That said, that's it. There was a, oh, there was, sorry, one last, go out and launch your rocket if you have a startup. Good luck to you.